This episode of Inside the Goblin Universe brought to you by SeatsLink.com, the complete ticket experience. Use promo code GOBLINS with your purchase. SeatsLink.com. Hi, this is Eric. And this is Kayla. And we are the Paranormal Miners, and you are listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. Hello again, goblins, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I am one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I am Sir Brian Bowden. So, everybody here that needs to be here is present and accounted for. And I am glad, Brian, because our guest tonight, there's two of them, husband and wife team, and I was just on their show like two weeks ago. So, I was so excited to meet them. I was so excited to talk to them and and look at the research that uh, you actually were the one that said we have to have them on the show <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yes. And guess what? Here they are. Here they are. And and it, it, their names are Kayla and Eric Miner. But I will tell you this. Let, let me just skip over this for a second. They by far have the most uh, awesome name whenever it comes to anything in the paranormal. Because check this out, folks. Their last name is Miner. So they go by paranormal miners. You can't beat that, guys. See, that markets itself. That markets itself. I want a shirt that says paranormal miners on it. Do you have, Kayla and Eric Miner, a shirt out that says paranormal miners on it? Well, we do. Um, Right now we're out. We're redesigning. <laughs> oh, okay, man. I'm a, I'm gonna throw my my two cents in as a des, as a former designer. And he is artist. a designer. That's right. He yeah. does all of our shirts. <laughs> His wife does all of our shirts. Uh, so, okay, go ahead. Throw your two cents. I'm in thinking um, you go with that whole paranormal aspect with the grave digger and keep digging, keep mining. You know, go with that kind of aspect, like an old sign. Like, if I was doing a Ron Murphy t-shirt, it'd be like old Doc Murphy's magic potion or something like that. Just and We may put that one out right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Actually, I was confused. I thought it was minors as in people under 18 years old. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fun we have inside the Goblin Universe, folks. <laughs> um, but no, no, these guys are serious researchers, and I will tell you how serious of a researcher uh, these two are as a couple. Um, you guys do a lot of stuff in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. so want to get there. So want to get there, guys. I know. I, I, yeah. I really, really do. Um, as far as the paranormal goes, especially whenever you're talking about the United States, now we have a lot of listeners in other countries, but as far as the United States go, the holy grail for the paranormal is uh, Gettysburg, and the paranormal miners are well known there, they do a lot of research there. Tell us a little bit about your Gettysburg experiences. Um, the first time going to Gettysburg, I was 24 I think. Something like that. But I've always wanted to go. Like, something drew me there. So... It was some sort of gravity already pulling on you, Kayla, correct? Maybe it was the thousands of dead people. (laughs) It could be. See, I've always been able to see here in Sun Spirit, so... It could be. It could be. So you already have a sensitivity to this. We discussed this whenever whenever I was doing your show. Um, I have no sensitivity of any kind, but I respect those people that do. Um, So so you automatically felt uh, an otherworldly calling to go to Gettysburg. Yes. 
Okay. And you can ask Eric, huh? <laughs> like, ever since Eric and I got together, I was like, we got to go to Gettysburg. When did you guys get together? We got together in 2008. So you guys were, nice. like, high school high school sweethearts? What's the deal? No. Actually, I couldn't stand Eric when I first <laughs> met him. <laughs> okay. Okay. We've got a love connection, Ron. <laughs> we, we, I see that happening right now. Uh, th- actually, this is actually the story of my life. Go ahead. Actually, a ghost car brought us together. A ghost car? Nice. Oh, you got to fill us in. Tell us about the ghost car. Okay. Well, he can tell you about the ghost car, and then we'll get back to Gettysburg. All right. Okay. <laughs> Although, if this story is good enough, we might not even go back to Gettysburg. So okay, go that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well... It kind of starts down, we used to just, when we first started hanging out, she was trying to hook me up with one of her friends. Oh, right, right, right. So, basically, we would just drive around, and I think, I don't remember 100%, but I think one of our, one of her friends, the the love connector she was, bailed on us. (laughs) So, so, uh, we were driving around, and um, she kind of hung out in the same areas that my family's from. So we were just driving in those general areas, and I was going to take her down and show her where my grandmother and a lot of the minor family actually lived. So we're headed down the highway, very long, straight stretch of road. Already this is sounding like a, a Bruce Springsteen song, so I'm loving it. Keep on going. <laughs> keep on going. And uh, so we're driving, and it's long, straight stretch, dark, and... I can see headlights behind us, uh, maybe like a half a mile back. And for some reason, been there a billion times, I passed the road. And I didn't go very far, maybe like 50 yards up the road. There's a little restaurant parking lot there. So I said, okay, well, I'll just turn in here, flip around, and we'll go back, you know, once this car passes us. So I pull in. Start turning. As soon as I start turning, I look over my shoulder for the car, and it's nowhere to be found. So, uh, my obvious thought was, you know, it pulled into the road. There wasn't really a whole lot of houses or driveways in that general area to pull into. So, we kind of rushed down the road to see if we could catch a glimpse of taillights, and, and there was just nothing. Um... And by the time we got to the restaurant, the car was pretty much right there behind us. So it just disappeared. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was gone. There was no taillights. There was no sign of anybody being behind us. Now, if this was a spooky story time, this is when the hook comes out and there's a guy hanging from the tree. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the the person that you tried to set Eric up with is found decapitated. Yes, and she's scraping against the roof. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. How it works out. This is how it all works out. That's right. Of course, there's prom night and the blood comes down from the top. Oh, no, that's scary. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to go in there. Um, so, so you guys both had an interest, though, in the paranormal. Is that right? Like, both of you guys were into ghosts and things that go bump in the night before you started dating. I was because I was able to see here and send spirits since okay. I was a little girl, but, but Eric was not. He needed a little bit of coaxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, not like I wasn't open to the whole thing, but I just wasn't, it wasn't in the front of my mind. Right, right, so, right. Are you more of a scientific end of the spectrum versus the um, free flowing ideas of, of, of sensitives? 
where they're just getting this, and it's, it actually is science for them, but they're saying things you don't, you just want to document it, like, okay, how are you doing this? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely like that. I mean, I've always had a very strong interest in technology. Yep. I've worked on computers forever. <laughs> so I'm looking for that concrete, here it is, everybody can see it type of evidence, whereas, you know, being psychic and everything, she can see things that we can't so it's just a totally different experience for both of us well what's really good about this and i, I find this is really interesting is that the you, you're you're both ends of the spectrums but you meet towards the middle and it actually aids in both of you doing a proper investigation because you have you can come together and discuss this and you can feed on that technology science yep. side, like one plus one is two and then you you can you know Kayla can go on the uh, spirituality side of it and say no, but there was you know there's spirits there and it, it yeah I like they this. Bal- they balance each other out one hundred percent it's like a yin yang yeah. that's right that's right um, so okay so so we got how you guys kind of got together uh, now take us to Gettysburg let's yes. fast forward yes. to Gettysburg now and tell us about Gettysburg <laughs> the, the closest I got to Gettysburg mind you and I tried to go with the last time I was there we brought the kids down I got to Intercourse PA. Which, mind you, I love the town name, but Uh-oh. no one wanted, no one wanted to go further into Gettysburg. So please tell me how you got there. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, it was actually our birthday weekend because our birthdays are pretty much the same week. And um, his friend from work said, "Well, we'll go. We'll make it a weekend thing." And actually, I think it was a week thing. It wasn't even a weekend thing. And we got there at night, so the next morning we got up and started driving, and we went to the Eternal Peace Light, and we got out and walked around. And no sooner did I step out, I seen somebody crawling across the fence, and I turned to look, and I looked at Eric, and I said, well, who just crossed over the fence? He said, nobody's there. I said, well, I just seen somebody go over there. Now, what was it? Was it a dark figure? Was it? Did it have outline and definition, or what actually did you see? No, it looked like a real person. A real person. My goodness. Now, were they wearing period costume or or period clothing? Or honestly, I just caught the boot, but the boot would be from their period. era. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Well, so that's that's not uncommon. Being that uh, Brian's never been to Gettysburg. Um, there's people dressed up in period clothing oh, yeah. all year long, anywhere you go. Yeah, I would be worried about the reenactments and whether somebody's real or not. That See, this is the problem. When most There's another host, he does a, another uh, uh, program, and his first experience with this was at Gettysburg, where he saw like one of these persons that looked like, oh, there's someone dressed up there. Nope, it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, Eric, we, I, Eric and I, Chip did not see him. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew we were going to talk about Gettysburg, so to be prepared, I'm in garb right now. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... Fire just that musket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, um, Gettysburg, how many people were killed there in like the, the, a single day? So we can put this into perspective. This is a famous battle of the Civil War. Many, many people died. What are we talking about? Something around like 51,000 people or something? There was 51,000 casualties after wow. the three-day period. But in the three-day period, they only fought for about 24 hours. Amazing, amazing. So when we talk about residual hauntings, this is the perfect storm for such a thing, isn't it? A lot of people losing their lives at a very, very short period of time in a very contained space. Absolutely. 
And I come to find, too, that a lot of the things that I come encounter with, some of them are residual, but I've actually encountered a lot of intelligent hauntings there. So what's going on with the intelligent hauntings? Is this something where the spirit doesn't know that they're deceased and will not uh, cross over? Or what's going on with the intelligent hauntings at Gettysburg? I think that some of them do know that they've crossed over, but they keep replaying it because they it was such a tragedy. Um, others, I think, may be stuck there. Um, for example, the first EVP, it was a Class A EVP that we've ever captured, was in a place called Triangular Field. And that is right by Devil's Den. <clears throat> uh, my husband asked who the president was, and at that time, it was Obama. And the Class A EVP says, the black one. Well, wow, so where are the ghosts getting their information from concerning current events? I think, I don't know. I think that they're... They just tap into the ether? Yeah. I have a theory on that. I think, um, and I, I'm sorry to interject, but um, I tried to explain this to somebody before. When, when someone, like a lot of times, I have, I have young daughters, and they both have abilities. That, they're sensitive to things. And, and what's scary about that is little, girl, little girls are beacons of light to these people that cross over or is stuck in the ether. And I, I try to explain how it works. Picture a pitch black room. And you're in it, and you don't know where you're going. And then all of a sudden, a little light pops up, which is the person that's sensitive. You're going straight to that light. So just think about that. Also think about that when you pass over, you don't just see your perspective like you normally would see like if we were facing face, face to face. You actually can take in everything at once. So that's where I think a lot of these spirits are getting their information. They're seeing it. They're actually experiencing it, but in a grand scheme. See, I, I agree yeah, with that. I, I like that point of view as well, too. Maybe in death, your perspective changes. Uh, you know, linear time doesn't exist anymore, so right. you're kind of pulling back. I, I like that idea, Brian. Well, it's kind of like the bird's eye view of, of everything. But it is true. Like he said, I've noticed, too, if I go into a place and somebody said, well, I didn't think my place was haunted because I'm, like, telling them stuff. <laughs> and they're like, well, why are they coming to you? I said, we're like a big spotlight to them. You're like a you, you are a, a beacon of light, a lighthouse in in a dark sea, and right? Or the, or the term that I like to use is a paranormal Wi-Fi hotspot. <laughs> you know, if, if they, yes. they want to broadcast or tap into somebody, it's better to go with somebody that believes and consents because you know you have this uh, not only a connection, but you also have a conduit in which to uh, express your feelings right. or your fears or emotions or what have you as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, too, if you would walk into, like, a big conference room or something and everybody just is so different from you. Right. And then you just pick out those one or two people, like, oh, these look like people that are my kind of people. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, that's, a, that's a great analogy of, of, of that situation as well. Do you do something to protect yourself before you do investigations or... Are, are you just free and open to, to this? Because I know that when we do investigations, um, at the, one of the groups I'm with, uh, Bronx Paranormal Society, um, before we go in, we, we sage, we pray, we uh, in, invoke white light, and then when we leave, we do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much in the same type of uh, prayer we do. I think it's a St. Michael's prayer we do uh, beforehand. <laughs> yep. 
and pretty much the same thing. You know, we open for positive energy, basically, yeah, and I, protection. Well, you just don't want anything following you home. I mean, we we go through because we have a, a variety of people in the group. Um, we different religions, so I I say a prayer. We get the Our Father, we get the um, um, Michael prayer, we do a couple of ohms, and then um, our leader Al, my, my my good buddy, he he will he will literally uh, will use some holy oil, uh, holy water, well and sage, and I like to have fun with people when they they put the holy water on my head. I just start screaming, it burns, it burns, <laughs> and, and that usually shakes them up, but it get, puts a little levity into the situation because. You don't need that negativity going home with you. I don't know if you you guys have kids yet, or that's one thing I definitely don't want to have. Well, even after an investigation, we do a closing prayer, and then we use um, either I think it's pronounced Pella wood. It's known as holy wood. Yep. And or we'll use sage before we even get in our vehicles to leave. Oh, it's I've I've heard horror stories from people. So well, no, not not for that. Don't do anything. They think that you know this is right. scary part, Ron. People actually go out there and they test these spirits, and they think it's a joke. And I can't express, I wow. can't stress how much this is not a joke. Yeah, um, you know, we actually did a show on this just on the idea of protection. There's a lot of people that watch this stuff on television. And they assume, hey, I can do this, so they go out to a place that's either famously haunted or you know locally believed to be haunted. And they go out there and they confront these spirits and they, and, you know, they, they, they beg them to come at them and everything else. And then they think that everything will be, you know, that they can just leave the situation and end it there. And they don't understand what kind of gateways that are being opened whenever you go into a place and challenge uh, the dead. The TV shows make it look like it is fun and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you know. I, I, that's why I have someone local to me that's that's testing this out. He he says he has a spirit that's been with him since he can remember, and he's he's determined to go to these uh, graveyards and 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 provoke. And I'm like, I'm like, you better protect yourself, buddy, because you don't know what you got a little girl, you got kids. Nope, don't do that. Well, you shouldn't go to a cemetery and provoke things anyway. That's supposed to be their resting place. Right. I mean, I would be pretty upset if someone woke me up, you know, or, or was bothering me at that point. But Yeah. It's yeah, like not, going in their home. That, that's right. That's right. Now to switch gears a little bit. Now we talked about Caitlin. Uh-huh. Now let's, let's, yep, let's talk about, let's go to the guy, and let's talk <laughs> about some of the good evidence that you've, you've, you've gathered through technology, what are some of your best pieces of evidence? Uh, let's see. We've had, well, we talked about the Class A EVP down in Triangular Field. Uh, we also, in the Jenny Wade house in Gettysburg, too, we had, it's just for a split second, but I had some video footage where there's actually a mirror in one of the rooms, and there's a split second where you kind of see a silhouette of a person and uh, we tried replicating that the next time we were back there uh, with the different angles and everything and it's just there's no way we could have replicated it and the funny thing about it is the silhouette looked very similar to the picture uh, that was on the wall there would that be the, the homeowner 
Jenny herself? The, the Jenny. It wasn't Jenny. It was um, her mother, Mrs. Wade. But the way that the picture was on the wall, there's no way of it to reflect to the mirror. Right. Well, yeah, the picture was pretty much on the same wall as the mirror. So That's it was crazy. just... Now, you also mentioned a, a, a shadow figure that you think that you may have captured at, um, at uh, where was it at? It was at, uh, I, I lost my train of thought, at the battleground, at the uh, Bushy Run battlefield. Bushy Run. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't capture that. That was just one that I saw with my own eyes. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, yeah, that's a mistake. But yeah, so you've you've seen things out there as well as capturing that just kind of leaves... Um, still a question mark in your mind though correct i mean you're still on the search right and it's one of those things where if i could have somehow captured that that was just such a to see it with your own eyes and just it's it's a little frustrating because you describe it to people and i'm sure a lot of people are skeptical about it and that's one that you would just love to have on a picture or a video especially um, because I actually saw it move from behind one tree to another. So to have something like that on footage would be amazing. Now, your technology and the footage you use, do you do an old school, new school, like uh, video versus, di you know, digital versus an analog video? And do you use infrared and thermal or full spectrum? Most of our stuff is pretty new school. Um, I do a lot of video production for other things besides right. paranormal. So a lot of my technology is updated. I have a Canon DSLR. Uh, we have a couple smaller little handy cam type right. cameras with night vision. Um, I like to... We do a lot with flashlights and stuff, so I like to, with the DSLR... Pretty much just leave it in regular shooting, so you can kind of see the difference, right? Yeah, we we, we like to take I like to take those uh, faux pros, and I convert them to uh, full spectrum, and then we'll run some UV lighting or you know infrared uh, lights that I'll either build or we'll get them, and boy does it make a world of difference. But I'd like to have a camera that will take it in multiple spectrums, which would be fantastic. Yet to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. Now, in regards to your EVPs, what kind of a, a recording equipment do you use for audio? Uh, for the most part, just your basic um, handheld recorders. Uh, I also have a couple. Uh, well, they call it their Rode makes them. They attach right to the DSLR. Right. And that is. The thing I like about that is it blocks a lot of noise, um, but I know a lot of people like to have that little bit of white noise when they're doing sound EVPs, but um, that really cuts down on a lot of wind and a lot of noise, so you have those different, if you catch it on one recorder, you can go back to that one and kind of see if you caught it on the other one as well. Yeah, it, that's a great way of doing it. You know, having both things going at the same time. Yeah, have a backup as well too. So we've talked about some of the places that um, that that you've investigated. Although we're going to come back and rejoin this conversation too, because you have an event coming up in March that I really want to promote. Uh, but give me like a top three list of a place that you would love. What's what's on your wish list of places that you would like to investigate? My number one is Waverly Hills. 
Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what what has kept you from going there? Um, I don't know. I just haven't got around to planning it yet. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, what is the condition of that place? Um, I, I know one time it was pretty run down. Now, as the owners now seeing it as a paranormal tourism spot, or what's going on with the condition of uh, Waverly Hills? From what I understand, they the money they charge, I think, goes back into it. Very nice, very nice. All right, so that will be number one. What would you say number two would be? Um, number two would probably be Moundsville. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. No, you've not been there either? No. Okay. And then number three on your list? Would be Ireland Castles. Oh, there's... Boy, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it was like, you know, very, very easily doable for a, for a weekend trip and automatically we go over to Ireland, which, I, you know, that would be awesome. That's right. That would be fantastic as well, too. But, it would um, probably be on my number one list, except for I don't want to get in an airplane. <laughs> I'll take the Queen Mary. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's the, that's yeah. it that may be haunted, too. So just take the Queen Mary over there. You get a little haunted yeah. going. And then- that's right. Yeah, make the entire trip that way. Um, so uh, going back to, to Gettysburg, because I really do want to point this out. Tell us about what's going on in March, uh, the expedition that you'll have going on, and, the, re- and the, uh, the, the research that you'll be doing there, and how people could get involved if they so, uh, so would be so inclined. March is actually in Lachlan Town. Lachlan, oh, that's right. See, I'm not the best person to ask in regards to dates, and I thought that I was showing off here for a second. Okay, so, folks, there's something going on in March. I know because I wrote it down, uh, but that's in Lachlan Town. That is in western Pennsylvania, and you are going to be doing an investigation of the, is it the Ligonier Inn? The Ligonier Country Inn, yes. How about that, see? Nice. I was able to retain that. I was able to retain that. Now, is that open to the public? Yes, it is. They can call and book their hotel room, and they get to stay the night, do the investigation, and they get breakfast in the morning. And they will be there with the paranormal miners the entire time, correct? Yes. Wow. That's a what nice. more could you ask for? That's a great little uh, trip right there. That's a great it's, little trip. It's $90 plus tax, so it's not too expensive either. No, no, no. Okay, so the Gettysburg one is in... September. Okay, I was just a few months off, guys. You know, just a few months off. Tell us about what you're going to be doing there, the cost, and how to go about a registering for this. Um, the one in September, we are teaming up with History and Haunts, and we are going to do a history walk at first, and then we get to investigate two locations that many people don't get to do. Very uh, nice. It's seventy dollars per person, and they can contact us through Paranormal Miners, and we can get them set up. This is great. This is this is this is really good. This is a, a, amazing. Um, and what, what I found out too, uh, Brian, as I, I talked to uh, the miners, is that uh, all the proceeds that they get either goes back to um, the equipment and such, or they give it to charity. Fantastic. Yeah, the Wounded Warriors Project is a very special uh, um, uh, charity that's close to your hearts, isn't it? Um, The PA Wounded Warriors, yes. We help um, the Gettysburg Ghost Exchange, who puts the 
Gettysburg Battlefield Bash um, together, and all the proceeds to that goes to the PA Wounded Warriors. And that's August 17th through the 19th. I love that. I love the fact, you know, Ron and I did, um, thank to Ron going there the first time around, we do Ocean State up in Rhode Island, and they raise money to actually help out uh, battered men and women in children's shelters. So I love when we can do stuff. Not only do we help people on our investigations when you go out there and doing it, but to help out others is just fantastic. Yes. This is great. And especially for people who put their life on the line for us. I yes. mean, it's the only thing you can really do to give back. And this year it's at the Wyndham in Gettysburg. You yeah. got to go, Ron. We got to go. Somehow we're going to figure I know. it out. And we have plenty of time to make this happen as well. Um, although I, I do want to bring this up as well. Um, I really want to get a project underway in the summertime when we can do something combined with uh, Paranormal Miners and Inside the Goblin Universe. We can get together uh, for a weekend in our neck of the woods and really go over mm -hmm. some of the sites in our area that we know inside and out. Um, as I talk about on their show, and they'll be the first ones to tell you, there is really no such thing as an expert in the paranormal field. But as far as the folklore and what happened around in these areas, you know, we're pretty good people to tell you the historic side of the events that happen. So I'm really trying to get something together where you can come over here into Western Pennsylvania. We get in touch with the miners who live about eight miles away from where I live right now, and we can actually put on a pretty cool event that brings in um, the different types of expertise and have a really, a really cool melting pot of an expedition going on. I think that sounds fantastic. I, although, yeah, apparently, uh, Western PA is like uh, haunted up the wazoo. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of things have happened here. Well, not only uh, the uh, French and Indian War, which is considered the first uh, world war in history, right. uh, because not only was it fought in North and uh, you know in North American Canada and the and uh, what would become the United States, uh, but it was also uh, fought in various uh, theaters in Europe as well. So we have that. Um, plus, there are instances within Pennsylvania where um, uh, the Revolutionary War had skirmishes as well, Hannestown being one of the, the more famous ones. So you have a long, unbroken history of various battles and a lot of people dying in this area, uh, not to mention the Native American population and really all the kind of emotional grief that goes into things like mining and canal building and all this other kind of stuff and railroad uh, manufacturing. A lot of this all happened in Western Pennsylvania, and really, this is the perfect storm for the paranormal. And we have Bigfoot and UFOs and 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 black cats and everything else going around as well. So we could really have a really cool tour over this. I think that'd be fantastic. And let me—I just want to switch gears, well, because you mentioned it. But do you guys do investigate anything other than the ghostly hauntings? Um, through you do uh, cryptids and. Uh, like Bigfoot, the Dogman, um, Goatman, right? I think. Uh, do you, you hit any of those up as well? UFOs included. We haven't, but we're always open to possibilities. Yeah, we've had numerous people on our uh, our live show that have discussed that. I mean, there's always that option, but as far as to actually go on a tour and take the public around and stuff, we've never done anything like that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's certain, certain things like in relationship to the dogman phenomena or lichens. Um, 
I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a tour um, anybody should be taking <laughs> at, at, at all. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely something you're in a you're in a hotbed. I mean, how close are you guys from Latrobe up to um, the Chestnut Ridge area, which Ron has uh, has written a book about, and he has just got me so peaked and interested from like I'm ready to go right now, although yeah. it's a little bit too cold. <laughs> right. Well, to put this in perspective, I live in Latrobe, and they live in Latrobe as ah. well. So. Yeah, I can see the Chestnut Ridge out my window right now, and I think you guys probably can too. If 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 not, you would just have to go uh, up the road a little bit. Yeah, we live in the middle of nowhere, so <laughs> yeah. we're we're just like a ridge over, pretty much. It looks like an interesting time. I mean, I don't know. Go out, take a picnic, uh, bring the EMF <laughs> the EMF meters. I always have mine on me, and uh, I actually went to Al's daughter's wedding and. I had it on me in my in my suit, <laughs> and he goes, "If you if my wife sees you, she's going to kill you." But I can't help but investigate when I go to places. <laughs> you guys, you, you guys do that. I mean, like, you know, when people find out you do what you do, do you get the stories to come out from them, or or people still close to the vest they hold that information if they've had that experience that you think you know they don't want to really share? It's about half and half. People come and tell us their stories. Other people look at us like we're weirdos. <laughs> but I love being a weirdo, so it don't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing more boring than uh, than being mundane and every day. You know, you got to stand out a little bit in the crowd. And that's what really drew me to you guys. You guys were just so weird and wacky. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that. That's right. Absolutely. That's Goblin Universe right there. Weird and wacky. That's Thanks. right. You know. Yeah, but uh, good genuine people, uh, which is very rare uh, to find uh, in the field nowadays. I know Brian and I talk about this nearly daily. Um, it's hard to find somebody that you can trust. Yep. Uh, there's people there to take your ideas. There's people there to basically use you to forward their own agenda. But somebody just to commiserate with and just somebody to to have a conversation with and chat with and share evidence, that's extremely rare in the field of the paranormal. Yeah, we've learned yeah. that. But honestly... We like networking. We love being friends with people. If somebody don't get along with somebody else, we don't hold that accountable. Like, if we yep. like you, we like you. We don't care who does or who doesn't. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it, Ron? Um, it, it does. It really does. There's, there's too many attitudes and too many... Um, I feel like sometimes it's like being in high school with these people. Not, not you guys, but in general, the paranormal field people. Because you always have these little clicky things, and I'm like... We're all researchers and investigators. We get more if we work together instead of, you know, well, I don't like that person or you're friendly with that person. That person did X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I don't play that game. Ron doesn't, you know. Um, we're oh, all about we positivity, right? Absolutely, yeah. We definitely don't play that game. Um, if it ever comes to a point where this is not a passion for me, I will simply stop because then it becomes work. And I yeah. definitely don't <laughs> want to do this as work. No, if it's if it becomes work, that four letter word, um, as in like, it's, it's it's a burden to do. But I find that, and and let me ask you guys: Do you find that when you do this, you just it, it it's it's such a pleasure to do it, and and it it's worth its salt and and all the anguish you may go through to get to that point where you're allowed to you know investigate. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there there's times where. Uh, even if you're in an area 
especially right. like the historical areas. If you're not getting any evidence, it's like you know, just being there sometimes is just an experience. Right. Yeah. No. I. It, it's definitely interesting. Um, I love. I love your show, and I like. You know, this is the first time I ever saw when Ron was on because I, I noticed I'm like, hey, Ron's on. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know him. Um, so, where did this show come about? Like, when did you start doing the show? Because I, you know, I don't have too much information on it, and I figured I'd ask you when you came on the show. So, how long we have you been doing that? We officially just hit one year. Um, our friends at the Gettysburg Ghost Exchange, Pam and Steve, started doing a, a live show. And they actually talked us into doing it. And we learn from different mistakes that Facebook Live is the best way to go. <laughs> well, that's where our audience is. We have, right. I think, I think around 500 people on Facebook. And, you know, so when we go live, it just sends a notification right to their phone. So it just seems to be the best way to go about it. It's definitely a great way to go about it. Um, if you can use OBS, Open Broadcast, and, uh, for for YouTube, that does help too. So then you can go directly, and you could actually do both of them at the same time. Um, sometimes that works out well, as you know, makes it just a little bit easier because you're going live on not only Facebook, but you get those people that may not want to log into Facebook, or you know, there are still people out there that don't have it. <laughs> Yeah, they're worried the government's gonna find out that they, you know, white like ghosts or something, um, or whatever. But uh, it, I think you guys do a great job. I like the, the the atmosphere that you know and the setting, and it's fantastic. It's it's really nice to be one on one. That's right. And uh, Kayla is so professional that she had surgery the same week that I appeared oh. on her show, and she still went on and was completely flawless. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to be on the week before, but they were calling for the snowstorm. And, of course, like I said, the miners live out in the middle of nowhere. Actually, <laughs> you, you have to get out of your car, and you camp, if you can believe this. You camp overnight uh, before starting your second leg the next day. It's very, very difficult to get to. Uh, but they were very nice to reschedule. But uh, my rescheduled date fell on the, the week of her surgery, so they were very kind to do that for me. That's awesome. That's a true professional right there. It is. It is. Um, and, and I cannot say anything uh, more about how nice and how genuine these people are. And I urge anybody out there that if you're over in Europe, if, if you are our listeners over there uh, in the UK or any part of the continent, uh, if you're planning on making a trek to the United States, I would do it whenever they're doing one of these two tours and fit that in your itinerary because you cannot go wrong. You'll learn the history of the area plus all the kind of spookiness that goes on there as well thank yeah. you yes we definitely encourage everybody to join us we try to keep it as professional as possible um we even tell people at the beginning like we they're not on our time we're on their time right. if something happens it happens if it doesn't we can't help that this yeah. is not something you see on tv yeah. i actually in gettysburg our last investigation we did the jenny wayne and i had a lady come up to me and she goes wow, I thought it would be more active than what we had. And Eric and I are kind of like looking at each other like, we had an active night. I said, this isn't Ghost Adventures. Yeah. And she's like, oh. I said, I told you that at the beginning. It's not yeah. like on TV. 
Yeah, they think it's like uh, whenever everything is cut to fit it down to 42 minutes yeah. and uh, people have been there for two or three days. Uh, everybody uh, expects that now. Uh, and it makes uh, running a tour uh, very, very difficult. That's the reason whenever I do any kind of a tour, I try to uh, you know um, satiate them through other more intellectual endeavors before we get right into the uh, uh, ghosts and goblies because uh, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. It's like if you go on a, a well-watching cruise, sometimes you're going to see something, but sometimes you aren't. But that night, it was it was very active. We actually had a lot of activity, and apparently they were hoping for the Hollywood work. So. Yeah, there was no run, I guess. That, I mean, look, I, what are they waiting for? Cabinets to fly off the handles and, and plates flying out. You know, like, you don't want that type of activity. That That's that's not an, an indicative of, of, a, of a, a spirit that you want to meet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you know what? I think that if we do a tour, we will guarantee that we will give you a wall that oozes blood before the night's over or your money back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we have to build that wall, we'll <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, maybe there might be some Hollywood effects in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, uh, speaking of oozing bloody walls, while we have some still still have some time to go on our program, um, have uh, you know everything in this? It's really funny. Everybody uh, outside of the U.S. complains that uh, all the Americans have demons, um, and and everybody that says. Um, you know, there's demons, and this is a de- demonic entity. I always try, I, I, I tell them, like, if it's a demon, you're going to know. <laughs> they don't play games. They don't, you know, just uh, want to spook you. They'll, they'll take you and rip you apart. Have you ever come across stuff that you just don't handle um, as far as, you know, it gets, like, I have, demons are my, my limit, my max. I, I don't go near them. That's above my pay grade. Is there something like that for you guys? I actually had an encounter with, I guess you could say it was a poltergeist activity. Um, We did an investigation on a house near here, and the owner of the house and his mother had a big fight, and his mother um, wasn't a very kind lady, to say, and she put a hex on this one picture and it was a picture of two little girls one was an angel and one was holding a, a puppy uh-huh. and at night they would hear footsteps upstairs stuff would go flying across the room um, there was just so much unexplained activity going on so when I did my walkthrough I could tell that there was a spirit that was connected to that photo that wasn't good I ended up, after the investigation, I did a house cleansing, and I actually binded the photo, and we buried it. And they have had no activity since. That, that's a successful uh, investigation right there. That's awesome. I mean, they, they don't always turn out that way, but I'm actually happy it, it does. You, um, speaking of hexes as well, do you guys, I, I don't play with them personally, but uh, what about Ouija boards or spirit boards? Do you, do you fool around with any of those? No. Okay. I just, just, I have to ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask it. Our I, friends actually uh, brought up a Ouija board before, not to our house, but they were saying about using it, and I said, I'll go the opposite direction. I said, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, people don't get it, and uh, they think it's a toy. Just because Milton Bradley puts them out, or Parker Brothers, or whatever, 
It's not a toy. It's, it's they're opening it's, another portal. It's it's the equivalent of giving a four or three year old a, a loaded firearm. Well, they do make pink ones just for girls. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I know people that collect them. Um, they never have used them. They just like like different boards and stuff. I just I have this feeling that there's certain things in this world that that retain negative energy through use. And I don't think you want to have those in your house. Um, when my brother-in-law bought a, bought a house, they went downstairs, and the only thing that was left in the house, which I found very interesting, was on the top shelf. And I said, what's that? Is that yours? And it was a board. And he goes, no, what is it? And I looked up, and oh, that's a Ouija board. That's not yours? He said, no, that came with the house. I said, you need to get rid of this thing. You need to bury it and burn it. <laughs> and, and he doesn't believe in that, that stuff, but... Um, you know what? Let them not believe. I believe in it. Uh, a lot of other people believe in it. And if you come across those things, get rid of them fast. That's right. Although that being said, we actually have a Ouija board on our T-shirts. Yeah. Well, it's 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 more of a of an informative board. Of <laughs> informative. I got you. I got you. Yep, it, yep, there's yep. no ABC there. It's just telling you that it's inside the Goblin universe. Uh, speaking I can of, tell you a story about a Ouija board. Sure, go for it. When I was a young kid. Um, I was actually sleeping, but my mom and my aunts were playing a Ouija board in another room because they thought it was just a, a game. <laughs> I apparently woke up screaming. And the next morning, we all got up and had breakfast. And my uncle, who was like a father to me, was sitting in the living room watching TV. And he said, come here, Kayla, come watch TV with me. Because I was very close with my uncle. Right. And I told him, no. And he goes, why won't you come watch TV with me? I said, because there's a man standing behind you. And everybody got up to look, and there was nobody there. My uncle's like, there's nobody here, sweetheart. You know, like, you're okay. And I didn't know they played the Ouija board. Didn't know anything about it. So I ate my breakfast, and he tried to get me to come in the living room again. I said, no, there's a scary man behind you. He ended up taking the Ouija board and... He crushed it over his knee and burnt it, came back in, which I know, don't burn a Ouija board or break it, but when he came back in, the man was gone. Well, um, that, that works, and, and I have no problems about people uh, burning them and getting rid of them. Um, you can, I, well, I, I, from our research, you can break them, you can, uh, you can get rid of them, um, and you can burn them. But um, it doesn't guarantee that everything's going to go away, but it, it closes that portal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then again, you don't know what mom and, and your aunt were pulling into the room. So it, they're scary things. Uh, other there was thi like five or six people playing it. So Yeah, and, and that's another thing. When people come into your house, you don't know what kind of ill intent they have um, or ill will. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. One of the things um, I learned... Speaking of the Ouija board and bad spirits and, and, and hanging around, one of the, the guy that, that, that started our group, Al Santariga, he, he works in the post office, and um, he met a guy from, from Africa, and they were talking about what they do before they go over to anybody's house. And before they go to anybody's house, they actually sage themselves, and they put a white, a, a white light of protection around them. And Al asked, like, why do you do that? He goes, because well, you don't know what kind of energy is in that house. They're their family, but they could have had a fight, and that brings energy. And you could take that with you, and you could take that back with you from their house. So I found it very interesting 
that um, people protect themselves even before going into people's houses. Um, just like, you know, Christmas dinner or whatever. <laughs> like, hey, uh, like that sage before we go over to, you know, our aunt and uncle's house. Do you also play or use any type of spirit boxes? Um, we do have the SB7, I think. I actually yeah. don't care for a spirit box. I think right. they're too noisy. Um, oh. I think we've used it like once or twice. Yep. I'd rather use my abilities or use a voice recorder. And do you use any apps also um, on on the other side with the technology, Eric? Uh, I have a, it's like called a ghost radar app that I just toy around with kind of. Yep, I know it um, well. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of them, I went into it with a lot of skepticism, but we have had a couple reasonably decent responses out of it. So it's just enough to keep me using it. Uh, I I found, and we've tested this over and over again on investigation. We have it on video on, on, on our investigative site on YouTube. Um, we have validated this this thing as, as actually working. And you you, you got to be skeptical about it because I'm a science guy and I'm also the tech guy. And I'm skeptical about it because technically it's not really built to do what it really is saying to do, but somehow it does it. And right. What's it feeding off of, though? It has to be gauging itself on well, something. But spirits will man, or they will use energy such as your battery or energy around you to communicate with you. See, that's a good point. So you're just providing a forum for the, the for these things to communicate. You're, Absolutely. You're, you're you're providing a receptor, and basically the way it works is this thing runs on different channels, different energy. So it runs on the AM, FM, you know, the, the different spectrums. It takes in Wi-Fi, it takes in Bluetooth. Now the problem with that is. Those certain certain wireless areas or whatever can be you know manipulated depending on um, something variables by electronics. Also, if you use a tri-field meter, I don't know if you guys use that, but that could pick up lightning almost six miles away. So you can yeah. get a reading on this thing, but it could be technically picking up a lightning storm that's six miles away. You're not hearing or seeing anything, but it's picking it up. So there are suspect things there, but when you start getting Words coming out of the dictionary, which is like 70,000 words that are put in there. And it starts developing, and then you do the research on it, and you start getting big hits. There's no way it should happen. There's no way that that, that one person knew that I was in my house in a certain location, and all the words coming in actually gel with something that took place in my location. We were doing the um, haunted orphanage in Gettysburg. Our friend actually had the ghost out before we did. Right. And the word shackles came up in her, on yeah. her ghost radar. Well, shackles wasn't programmed into her phone. There you go. And they would actually call handcuffs back then. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's some definitive proof right there. And then if you get a reading and at the same time you get an EVP and they're very similar... And we've had that. I don't know what you would say to it, you know. Like, how do you how do you disprove that? Yeah. Well, what about the uh, Rockwood? With the well, there was one at the end, too. Um, at the end, when we first started messing around with that app, um, it came up with... We was in a conference room. It's a hotel with a conference room. And it came up with the word garage. And we had really kind of just dismissed it. And the next time we held a public tour there, one of the – he was a skeptic. He was a husband of one of the – he kind of got drug along. And he said right. – we were sitting in that, the same conference room, and he says, 
you know, this used to be a garage right here. They'd pull in the cars from the street, and then they'd take them in the back alley when they were done through the other side. He's like, right where we're sit- sitting was the garage. Right. We didn't know that. Ah. So, I mean, that was just a completely different time that we found out about it. it you know, um, you, when this, when we, when we broadcasting this, um, I want you to pay attention to it, listen to it, and you may want to re-listen to it on the rebroadcast. You know, when we we follow up with it, because Ron and I have gotten um, many an EVP or anomaly when we do our shows. Yeah, I just heard of something now. As a matter of fact, yes. uh, yeah. Did you hear that? It sounded almost tonal, as if there was something being played, uh, almost as if notes were being played. Yeah, it sounded like uh, them when they when they turn the power on or off on in like Star Wars to, for the Darth uh, the Death Star. That's what I I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. This has happened to us before. We had uh, Patricia Coleman on um, all about a year ago now, I guess, and there were AVPs throughout the entirety of our conversation. Hmm, that's crazy. It, yeah. it, it happens. This is the only house that I've lived in that wasn't haunted. <laughs> the <laughs> only person awesome. that died in my house was my uncle. So, well, you know what? And and those people aren't going to bother you, unless no. they were bastards in the in the real life. Um, no, in general, <laughs> yeah, you got you got yourself a guardian angel right there. Um, we're coming up on about three minutes left on the program, and I want to thank you guys for coming on. And I know it was a little bit quick, but um, we want to make sure that that. Our listeners get to contact you. So where can our Goblin listeners find Paranormal Miners through the Internet, or how can they contact you if they need help? Uh, it's The website is paranormalminers.com. Um, also, you can just search for Paranormal Miners on Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash paranormalminers, uh, all one word. But if you just go to the .com, it links everything we do right there. It's the best way to go about getting a hold of us. And is there We an, also have an Instagram too, ah, so. There you go. Um, <laughs> that, no, that that does work because when people see these things and they question it and like, wow, that looks something like similar that happened in my house or, or my my life. But we're definitely going to put that on uh, inside the Goblin Universe our website. We will put it on um, our inside the Goblin Universe uh, company page, which is our page and also our group. Please feel free to to, you know, advertise, promote. That's what we're about. About sharing information and also cross promoting, it it just helps everybody out because we may be able to bring you people that desperately need your help. Um, and if we can't do it, um, we'd love to have you, uh, you know, take care of something. If we get a case in 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 the Western PA area, we'll we'll you know if I can get out there, it'd be great. But um, we'll definitely send them over your way and and let let them know, let you know before we're sending them. By the way, no, nah. <laughs> fine. Yeah, and we'll also talk. We'll see how much kind of what kind of buzz will be uh, uh, bandied about if we do happen to get some sort of tour together uh, this yes. summer. Because I'm really looking forward to working with you guys. Yeah, we'll work on that Absolutely. definitely. Yeah, I cannot wait. We cannot wait. All right, why, well, Brian? I, I guess that is it. The hour, the sixty minutes flew by. Yes. Uh, a, a bit of uh, missing time, I think. But uh, it was a it was a fascinating talk tonight, talking to the paranormal miners. Yes. Thank you for having us on tonight. We appreciate it. Yeah. It was fun. It was. No, you're, you're more than welcome to come on any other time you you, you so desire. Uh, but we will definitely keep in touch, and uh, we'll have you on uh, right before you uh, head out to uh, 
to uh, the uh, Ligonier Inn. We'll have you out before that. Yep. Um, see if anybody else wants to come along. Remind people whatever it is and what, what you'll be doing there. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Well, you know, Brian, it's, it's that time to sign off, isn't it? I, I think it is. I, I, it's, it's, it's Goblin Bedtime. It is Goblin <laughs> Bedtime. I'm, I'm telling you what. All right. Well, to all you goblins out there, you can now close your eyes and get to bed uh, because we are uh, leaving inside the Goblin Universe for another week. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I am the other host, and I am Sir Brian Bowden. And we will see you next week inside the Goblin Universe. The concept of shape-shifting is ingrained on our psyche, lurking in our collective unconscious and stalking our nightmares. Crypto guru Ronald Murphy tracks the dogmen through history, beginning with the hunt in the dim beginnings of the human race and follows the tenuous tracks of the werewolf to the modern age. This compelling study seeks the monster in all of us but more importantly shares the readers the man behind the wolf. On Dogman is available on Amazon.com.